We the bestest cast with the left twist. Pat fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Box Shot to Get Down, White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. We are in for a big motherfucking week this week. We have Raylan Baxter on the podcast. Me and Dave did an amazing interview with Raylan earlier today. We also have a replay of our Cannons interview for Barstool Backstage. I will put that at the end of the interview. If you haven't subscribed to Barstool Backstage, go over to YouTube and do it now. Uh, a lot to get into. We also have a fifth co-host today, uh, the co-host of the World Saving Podcast by Andy Brasco, Nick Gerlach. Nick, what's up, buddy? How you doing? It's an honor to be on the second best music podcast on the internet today. <laughs> Dude, I literally just had to give Frasco shit about this the other day because I'll look at the <laughs> rankings and stuff each week and it'll be like, oh, they're at 167, we're at 155. Suck my dick, Andy Frasco. So, well, what's we're going on, buddy? Good, good, good. Just in Denver, chilling. Has anybody listened to the Frasco podcast that I, I that's coming out on Monday? I'm actually like semi afraid to put it out because Andy's a wild motherfucker. <laughs> Did he tell you all his stories from high school and stuff? No, he told me about him getting arrested in Germany though. Oh, I was there for that. I was about tw- uh, thirty feet away. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andy blames being racially profiled for being Jewish in Germany. <laughs> the, I mean, he's got a point there. He's got a point. The the hair didn't help. I'll tell you no, that much. Probably not, dude. And I don't want to give away too much for the Frasco. Yeah, 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 but yeah. It's going to be great. Comes out on Monday. Uh, a lot to talk about today. We're also counting down the top five albums. If you could only listen to five albums for the rest of your life, what five albums would you pick? And Nick is actually here because he was suggesting different rule changes online. So I said, why don't you come in and referee? <laughs> so Nick has a list of rules that he's going to be implementing as well, well which we don't know about yet. I was going to, I'm just going to keep it pretty simple. So, I think you guys should have to do a snake draft, though, right? Because people are going to want to choose the same albums, right? I think you should only be allowed to have one live album. Ooh. Like, that should be the, that's the jam band clause, okay? So you can only have one live album because if you let jam band people pick five live albums, that's 15 hours of music. That's kind of cheating. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Uh, I, do have a live, I do have a live album on my list. Let's say, but I think you should only be allowed to have one, right? And yeah. I think that you should only, like, let's say you can only pick a, if you have one from an artist, you shouldn't be able to repeat that artist. Like you can't pick five Taylor Swift albums. I'm with that. I was gonna right? pick five. Uh, Dante was gonna pick five Taylor Swift albums, so that actually works out really well. <laughs> She's the uh, new millennial uh, Nickelback oh, for women. The the, the one inner the one rule you did have, which I actually thought was funny and actually helped me pick. My oh, list no, down. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, no, Bruce Springsteen was Nick's rule that he initially <laughs> uh, suggested. So I don't That's have any your Bruce own. on my list. That's for your own good. That's funny because you have a Bruce Springsteen picture over your right shoulder. And Bruce is putting a new album out of Midnight, <laughs> so I'm actually really excited about it. He that. is? We'll get in, yeah, he's putting out a covers album of all soul albums. Oh, that's right, actually. I did hear about oh, that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kenny, by the way, how was your hike today, dickhead? It was excellent, man. It was nice. It was my first time leaving the house. Not leaving the house, but first time leaving like my area in three and a half months since I had kids. Is it really like that when you have kids that you can't leave the house? No, it's different. It's different with twins, man. Twins is a different thing. It's like two kids is like having 12 kids and to leave your significant oh, yeah, twins. two of them, you're kind of giving them a fucking gnarly day, you know? <laughs> Yo, truck, di- yeah. truck driver Dante has something to say about that. Also work from home, so, you know, I just haven't left a lot. Uh, Mixing Andy Frasco in- records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mixing Andy Frasco records. I mean, make Andy Frasco records. I think, he, uh, I think he mixed one of the tracks I wrote for him, actually. Me? Puff Break. Did you mix Puff Break? 
No, not that one. I did oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. six of them, and he's sending me. Well, he's sending me one more. I don't know which one it is, but he's supposed. Oh, to... this is from the last album, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, forgot he's he's almost done with this new one already, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I got song number seven coming my way this week to work on for him. The guy's a workaholic. Love it, fucking love yeah. it. This record, I told this cast before. I love Frasco. I love Frasco stuff. This record is next level Frasco. This is really. I open. agree. I, I agree. That. I played I on a few tracks on the horn section. Oh, nice. Then I have mixed yeah. sets, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, silently sitting in his hotel room in New York, Dave Williams. Dave, I actually want to start with you with something. Wait, Dave is still in New York? Dave is still in New York. I haven't oh. been home in over a week. Holy nice. shit, man. What the hell are you still doing out there? I'm going to the UFC uh, uh, event on Saturday. Nice. Are you Wally's, going to... fight, Wally's fighting, right? Yeah, I'm super fucking pumped about it. Are you coming awesome. to Philly for the the? No, I'm not going down there. You're not coming down I, here. Uh, ninety five percent no. I'm waking up on Saturday. Also, I was saving this for the show. Um, I am going to a bathhouse with Nick Terrani on Saturday <laughs> morning. I've never been to one. I they showed me where it is. They all go to it. Johnny got them all hooked on it. Is this they, like a bathhouse in Dahmer? <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, I'm confused. Is this just like a big steam house? It's a steam house, and I guess there's a pool that's like 40 degrees or if that. It's like barely above freezing, and you go from hot to cold, hot to cold. Apparently, like, it shocks your body, and afterwards you go on like a crazy endorphin high. I've done, yeah. I've done a bathhouse, kind of. It's the Korean spa in downtown L.A. It's super famous, but it is just naked everybody everywhere, in pools, out of pools, and steam rooms. It's kind of tight, but not, you know, I didn't have, did, a you, have a, did you have a boner the whole time? <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, I wish I did as a fucking joke, you know, but no, no. It wasn't I like, guess when everyone's naked, it's not as bad, you know? Yeah. When now, three people are naked, it's awkward. When 80 Asian, people are naked, not, it's good. There's all, it's all Asian dudes sitting on small stools bathing themselves. <laughs> it's a weird scene, dude. It's better than being in like an LA fitness locker room. There's one old dude blow, uh, blow drying his ball sack, <laughs> which is the same thing that happens. Dude, my... When I was a freshman in college, I went home to see my brother, and our disciplinarian for our high school was in the gym locker room that I go to. He was in an LA fitness locker room, blow drying his nutsack with his foot up on the like the the fucking thing, staring at himself in the mirror. And no, me I and my brother I it though. I feel I've never done it, but I feel like blow drying my nutsack could be nice. But I'm just saying, like he we walked in and he went, ah, the Budneys. He looked at me and my brother, and we were like, ew, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, yo. I don't think you can blow dry your nuts in a public place. That's just Got, someone's got to use that blow dryer eventually. And right, I know it's blowing the air away, but it's still that's like a little too close to comfort. Yeah, uh, Dave, I do have a question though. So you, I guess we'll start on music news in this in this fashion. What the fuck is going on with Madonna? <clears throat> you guys tell me. I didn't like. I don't know if this because I'm living under a rock or not, but I didn't like. I looked at that video, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to Madonna's Instagram. She's just doing a bunch of weird shit. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't know she got all this fucking work done. And I wasn't sure if that was even her. She's looks clearly like a person. She looks like a fucking 17 year old. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Looks like a reptilian. It's yeah, weird. She... And it freaked me out. She's clearly not all there. It sucks. Sucks to see it. Well, for she's anybody... in her 60s now, right? She is in her 60s. And yeah, like, four. when was the wow. last time Madonna had a hit? Mid 90s. 
Wasn't really? it like 2000? She had that one song that went really big. Wasn't she that when had... she started having an English accent or something? Yeah, and then she got really into that uh, Jewish religion, the Kabbalah shit. Oh but... yeah, and the the mystical, the the mysticism one. Uh, not yeah, Kabbalah. You're right, yeah. Kabbalah. Yeah, but Fame does some weird fucked up shit to people because it's been a while since Madonna's been in the news, and she's on her Instagram like shoving a sriracha bottle up her ass. It's like. Was that true? It's like beyond Britney Spears bad at this point. Well, yeah. there's, no, there's nothing flattering about a 60-year-old anybody doing something for attention. Like, it's, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, it's going to suck when, like, like our kids have to watch us do shit, like, on Instagram and stuff like that. Like, when they have to watch Kenny be on a podcast. Here's the sad thing is that she's put out records almost every year. Yeah. I, <laughs> but yeah, none of has. us are like, when was the last one? Like in the 90s? Yo, she's no, I think she, two years ago, right before pandemic. 2015, 2019, 2020, 2022. Are these full albums? I records. Oh, okay. I was going to say, God damn. Well, you know what's weird is she has nothing to prove at this point. I don't know why she's trying so hard. Like she's so, done it all. Peak Madonna back in the day. Fucking incredible! As those music songs, wise, those yeah. Songs, oh yeah. So and looks wise, she was a she was a band man. Dude, have you ever seen the book that she put out, the sex book? Oh no. Yeah, it's like artsy nudes of her and like six dudes like crowded around her with of, their dicks in her face. A lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of muffalada going on, but uh, is <laughs> that mean Bush? Yeah. Other than that. <laughs> oh, Donnie, you got a problem with that, dude? Uh, not a fan. <laughs> David's wildly offended. I'm not, I, I'm not even listening. I'm wasn't. Didn't she sing the the <laughs> song that was like the on the soundtrack of like Coyote Wild or something? She had Coyote ugly. It was like Coyote no ugly. One, or is that yeah? I, I dude, honestly, off the top of my head, I don't think I can name five Madonna songs. Yeah, you could. He's La- yes, like a virgin, can. like a virgin. Obviously, I can't. So, what? Uh, material girl, like a virgin. Like, don't preach. Like a prayer. Pop- Papa don't preach. Wasn't her? Was it? Yeah. The cover, I think. I think she covered. Uh, Vogue, crazy for you. Oh, Vogue! I forgot about Vogue. She did a song with Lil Wayne in two thousand nine. What? Oh. What did she do with Lil Wayne? Tim- she worked with Timbaland too. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Dua Lipa and Missy Elliott. Where the fuck have these been at? It's buried. Yeah, yeah. that's how it is now. That's how it is now, kind of though. It is 100 percent how it is. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. Dave, Dave, blog, Dave, didn't you blog about it today? Uh, I think it was yesterday. But yeah, just like she's she's off the reservation. She's she's got Terry Shivo mashed potato brains. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's a good joke. Terry Shivo. <laughs> Terry Shivo mashed potato brain is tough. Do you know what's amazing? There's going to be some of our listeners who might be too young to even remember what the Terry Shivo thing was. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I bet there's a lot that have no idea what the fuck that meant. South Park did a good It's really dark. That's oh, a dark wow. ass joke, dude. Is that the one where they, where they piss on her, Kenny? It's the one where they try to decide if Kenny should live or die because he's on a machine or whatever. Oh, right. oh yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 Carbon wanted to keep him alive. Yeah, Carbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carbon wants him to die so he can get his like PlayStation or something. Oh my fucking god, dude! Right, uh, yes, yeah. I I had to get the Madonna shit straightened out. But uh, a few things came out in music this week before we'll get into the interview. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction was this weekend, and I had no fucking idea. Does anybody even yeah, know who was going in? Didn't Dolly Parton go in? 
Dolly Parton went in. Eminem. Eminem went in. Yeah. But other than those two, I'm not really sure who went in this year. Call it the Rock and Roll Hall. Why don't they call it the Music Hall of Fame? Like the pop, pop pop music hall of fame or something pop yeah music. i mean it's not rock anymore like no right it's everybody yeah um, which i'm which is cool it's cool but i'm from for me i liked when like i think it was biggie went in and people were pissed it's like well yeah Biggie's rock people fuck- rock people love to hate rap that's true which is fucking weird that's very true yeah guys, do- have any of you guys ever been to the rock and roll hall of fame no i haven't it is so fucking cool and i'm not just saying that like you can easily spend a whole day there and still not see everything like you can you can go in and blow through the whole thing in like two hours if you want but if you really want to like immerse yourself you can get so lost they have so much cool shit there so can, much. We, can we talk about this real quick dante why are you in a u-hole uh <laughs> fucking anime talents man um, <laughs> I didn't explain driving, shit. Uh, this sounds like a Timmy Timmy driving. situation. <laughs> no, no, no. I uh, I'm driving furniture from one bar to in Chicago to another one in Ohio. Jesus, oh. how far of a drive is that? Five hundred miles. Holy fuck! Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, that sounds no, terrible. No, three hundred fifty miles. Five hours. Sorry. Yeah, I was uh-huh. gonna say it's not five hundred. Yeah, no. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. What's on the five playlist hours. for a five-hour drive? You, you guys, your beautiful faces and voices. We're not talking for five hours, dude. <laughs> 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 Top four hundred albums. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction was this weekend. I don't really know who went in. I saw like the, the usual cast suspects were there. Dave Grohl was there. I think Paul McCartney was there in some respect. But I listened mm-hmm. to the induction for Eminem. They already like leaked it. It was pretty cool. Dr. Dre did it. And, like Jimmy Iovine also went in this weekend. So that like, right. whole aftermath thing was there. People were shitting on Eminem going in too. And I don't understand that because Eminem's career has been fucking incredible. Like I'm not even it's a rap. huge Eminem fan, but it's fucking unbelievable. Just rap. They, just they rap. just don't like rap. Yeah. Dave, you strike me as a big Eminem guy for some reason. Oh, yeah, of course. How can you not be? I he wasn't a nineties dog. I wasn't a big Eminem guy when I was a kid. I was a big Eminem. I got big into Eminem after I watched The Defiant Ones, that that series on HBO with Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, and I saw like the intro kind of a thing, and I went back to the first three records, and I actually really like it now. I was like 13 when My Name Is came out, and that was like to experience what that record just did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Music was fucking nutty. Were you Asian Mm -hmm. with blonde hair? I wish. No, there's no chance. Well, I was like Asian with really light red hair because I was in the sun all the time. <laughs> I was just I was just saying, like, I picture you. I dyed my hair blonde when I was a kid. I, I, oh, I, I had this blonde hair. Yeah, and it was fucking bad, too, because my hair is kind of dark, so it just it almost looked orange. I just couldn't imagine. Uh, can Asian people have blonde hair? Yeah, they do it all the time. Do they? Are you kidding me? Uh, all the time. Check out the K-pop vibes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, you mean like naturally or like diet? I meant naturally. Can Asian oh. people have blonde hair? Doubt it. I don't think I've ever seen one. Huh. Kenny's Googling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Asian so, people have. <laughs> other than that, the new uh, Drake and 21 Savage album came out. Dante wrote a really long blog about this. Dante, I got the impression that you did not like the album. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate it. 
It was better than Drake's last two, but it's not saying a lot because they were both terrible albums. So, <laughs> um, the production on this was awesome. They sampled and uh, redid a ton of old classic tracks, which I was blown away. They got clearance for. Obviously, they got clearance for the Daft Punk sample, which fucking yeah, blew my mind. Obviously, the standout is uh, One More Time. Yep. Circle logo, but oh man, Drake is just getting like cornier and cornier. Like hard, hard agree. I, I like Savage a lot, and I, I didn't. I, I didn't hate it. I like him I way more. I didn't hate it. I felt like it was more of a mixtape than an album. Like it doesn't feel like an album to me. It felt like a mixtape. It felt like an old school kind of mixtape. Which if they marketed it like that, I would have been totally down on it. As far as an album, it's like whatever. It's a bunch of throwaway tracks with the two of them on it. Like I didn't. I, Kenny, did you listen to it? Hell no. You didn't listen to it at all? <laughs> no. He's got twins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you listen to any new music? I only make new music. I've never in my car. I'm always here making music. Always. Every fucking I have to get you outside of the house at some point. I know. I need to get out. I haven't surfed in a minute either. I got to get out there. When was the last time you surfed? Before the kids. What? You haven't been oh, out I've been running on like three hours of sleep. There's no chance I'm getting up <laughs> Driving through the mountain and getting in the Pacific to go surf. Dante and I went e-foiling in Lake Michigan two summers ago. And by the end of the day, him and I were kind of getting it down. But, dude, what a fucking workout that is. That's not even real surfing. Dave, how sore was your body the next fucking, like, I couldn't fucking move the next day. I was doing <laughs> shit. Nick, felt like I, at all? Felt like I got a car. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm from Indiana. I don't do anything You're from like Indiana. that. I grew up in Indiana, northern Indiana. Yeah. Where What's in the thing Indiana? To do in Indiana? Fort, I grew up in Fort Wayne, but I lived in Indianapolis forever. Now I live in Denver. I just drove through Fort Wayne. Nice. Hell yeah. Lots of great, I feel like that area of the country actually has a lot of famous musicians that come from it. Yeah. Michael Jackson Kinda. came from there. Michael Axel Jackson. Rose, Axel Rose, I believe. Shannon really? Hoon. John Cougar Mellencamp. Not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got. I my buddies would see him at Chipotle in Bloomington uh, <laughs> all the time when they were in college down there. Jeez. Oh yeah, I used to play that down there all the time. Um, not exactly Indiana, but right over the border, Kalamazoo. That's where Anthony Creedus is from. Yep, I love Kalamazoo. I always play there like an oh, hour and a half, two hours from here. Wait, yeah. Anthony Creedus is from fucking Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Talked about oh. that last week. Nobody's from less, LA. Yeah, nothing makes less <laughs> sense than that because he just strikes me as an LA guy. Sense at all. He gives yeah. off LA Southern Cal vibes ever, and he's from fucking the most yeah. typical Midwest mid-sized city on earth. Jeez. It doesn't get more Midwest than Kalamazoo. It really doesn't. Doesn't it? Not at all. They have like the exact demographic. They have every kind of person, but like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh other than that, because I I do I do think that the Drake album was okay, but it was more of a mixtape than anything. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. Do you, do you guys know who Nick Cave is? You said Nick Cave? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Nick Nick Cave was catching shit. He did an interview with Rolling Stone. I don't know how this came up, but he said that he is still a strong lover of Kanye West music, even though he doesn't huh. like Kanye as a person. Uh, and people were actually online giving him shit about still listening to Kanye's music. Jesus. We I happen to be still. What do you say? Listen to Michael Jackson. We still listen. I still listen to R. Kelly. I mean, I listen to the one song. You know, there's some <laughs> yeah. with criminals like what are we, whatever. Led Zeppelin did all kinds of crazy shit. 
all of this needs to go under the allegedly category. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Pete Townsend got actually convicted of kitty porn. Jerry Lee what? Lewis. Yeah, when he did the Super Bowl in Miami in what was that, 2008? Yeah, that's right. You, you have to go around and like knock door to door saying, hey, I'm, moving, I'm like working in the neighborhood. I'm a convicted sex offender. I did yeah. not know that. Is that a real yeah. thing? Yeah. Damn. Yo, Kenny, pull up the mugshot. Yo, here it comes. <laughs> it's just weird how selective that stuff is. Yeah, I just like look. I nobody like agrees with anything Kanye said, except for a very select few people on Twitter who are right. riding that train hard. But right. I, dude, I don't think the music. I, I'm one of those people who thinks that music's kind of ethereal to where it like, comes from different places. Like, I don't think one person should be responsible for like. If I like a song, I like a song. I don't care who it's by. Like, I'm not like right. out here loving it because it's Kanye. I, I'm on that camp to where I can separate the artist from the, the art. I, if you can't, the that's kind of weird. Chef on the planet. Who? And he just Kanye, and he popped a beautiful looking porterhouse in front of you, and you eat it. Are you automatically going to say no? This is trash, right? That's a good point, Dave. Dave, well, well, fucking said. <laughs> Hell Fuck, yeah, man. Dave with the fucking be like, no, fucking delicious. Honestly, most <laughs> of it's shit, right? But this is a beautifully cooked steak. Yeah. So, Dave. If if Pete Townsend puts a beautifully cut porterhouse in front of you, then you find out that it has kitty porn. Are you going to be still eating that steak? You're going to be like, "You're a pervert. Get out of my face." No, I'm eating the steak. <laughs> Send it back. <laughs> Kenny, did you find that? Yeah, did you find the mugshot? It wasn't a mugshot. It was just pictures of his stupid, ugly face. Everything. <laughs> he is yeah. really but this, ugly. But this is a real story, though, right? Like we're not out here lying. Fucking, he is fucking crazy, dude. He's crazy. This would be a funny one if Dave at the end of this is like, I made that whole story up. <laughs> no, it's true. I swear to God, it's true. Look it up. It, it is. He had to go around and, yeah, because he could, if he wanted to play the no. Super Bowl. It definitely is. Wow. That's it's fucking true. loud. All right, so on that note, yeah, no, I'll still listen to Kanye's yeah. music. <laughs> all his good music is before he got weird anyway. Facts. First six exactly. albums. Yeah. First six yeah. albums. First yeah. six albums. And all the stuff he made before he started rapping. Yeah, That's all, good all the too, production yeah. stuff. If you want to talk about like the the Jay Z stuff and the mm -hmm. all the Rockefeller shit, um, Chicago yeah, right. rules. Chicago does rule. Shout out Ooh. to Dave Williams. That was actually our our dozen question. Uh, it was a Lupe lyric. Yep, I, I was I was gonna comment on that. I watched it finally. Yeah. Good job I, that you didn't you didn't need me. It was Lupe. That was good. Which I was actually kind of surprised. Jeff D'Lo gave you Lupe. I know that's okay. immediately what I said, but as soon as I said Chicago, I was so fucking nervous in front of all the people and lights that I'm like, it slid. He's like, I'm like trying to get it out of my mouth and I couldn't. But I'm like, Lupe, it's Lupe. Um, it what was the question though? Your question. Did you just uh, have one for me? Nope. I was just going to say oh, about the dozen, but uh, all right. Well, before we get into the picks for the albums, let's go into our interview with Raylan Baxter. Great guy. Great new album. Go see him on tour. This was a great interview. Uh, so this is our interview with Raylan Baxter. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? Yo, Raylan, do you know we've met each other before? No. All right, I'm going to set the scene for you. This, was a, this is exactly how I wanted it to happen. Hell so yeah. I'm the front man for a band called Foxtrot and the Get Down. We opened for you guys at Exponential Fest in Camden. Yes. So before the set, I wanted to go up and talk to you because I'm a huge fucking fan. And I wanted to go up and just be like, yo, 
thank you for the Mac Miller album. It was beautiful. I loved it. And you looked at me and you went, thanks, man. And then I was like, beautiful day, right? And then you put your hands on your hips and you stared off in the distance and you said, yeah. And that was the entirety of our conversation. <laughs> that's good. I'm, I'm like, most of those times, my brain is um, in a simple ass mode. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful day. Was this when we played before Kingfish? Yes, it was right before Kingfish Ingram, dude, which was an unbelievable set. And it's a great, first off, shout out to WXPN, one of the best goddamn radio stations in the world. Wait, is, oh, King, yeah. is he a Philly guy or are you just playing? No, uh, this was a big festival. Yeah, okay, yeah big okay. festival. I know Dave loves Kingfish. He signed my guitar that day. Did he? I never had anybody sign my guitar except for Kingfish. Yeah, dude. he's an animal, man. There's no shittier feeling than going on stage with seven people and feeling like you brought the house down and then a guy and two other people with like one amp go out there and shut the fucking place down completely. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, you're, we on, got... you, you're on tour right now, right? We are. I mean, I'm home in Nashville, but we the record came out Friday. We played a show Friday, played a show Saturday, played a show Sunday, came home Monday, day off Tuesday, rehearsed yesterday, rehearsed today, show tomorrow in nashville then we got a few days to get to new york show in new york on wednesday philly on friday or ardmore on friday and i'll then, be there by the way hell yes i'm looking forward to seeing you again dude ardmore is a great venue too i never been there but everybody says that it's a great venue. are they sound checking strange american dream in the background yes i was yeah. trying to see what it was i was trying to see if i could if i could now the whole <laughs> Well, this is funny because I literally had sent Dave Strange American Dream like two weeks ago. Yeah, right. Before we ever had you coming on because Dave always asked me for music. Strange no. American Dream is always in my on repeat on Spotify. No. I mean, I, when I say I'm a nerdy fan, I'm a huge fucking fan. I just want to say the new album delivered in a big way, man. You did an amazing job. Man, thank you. It was like, I mean, all the guys that I'm playing with in Ardmore right now, they are all playing on the album. Um it took a long time. We, we recorded all of January and February and into 10 days of March in 2020. And in those two and a half months, in those two months, we recorded 30 songs. Wow. And we're set to finish the album by the end of March 2020. But then the COVID thing happened and I ended up asking for all the instrumentals without lyrics in the songs and rewrote a bunch of stuff and spent a lot of time like cutting up my vocal and learning how to work it in a computer. Like Beck inspiration. Ooh. Well, I was going to say, it has, was this a big departure for you? Like, I don't know, production wise? No, it was the, I would say the opposite. It Ooh. was the first time I got to like do my thing and not be within a time frame of two weeks or a month. Um, it was pretty much, I was able to work at this studio after, after the two months we recorded, took four months off, went back to the studio in December and lived there for a year and a half. Wow. And I was able to record in this studio for like almost zero dollars for a year and a half because it wasn't booked. I was living on the property and uh, and bless up to the Swayze family for letting me live in this place and record. Uh, and I figured out a bunch of stuff. And instead of a departure, it was an arrival. It was like, OK, this is what I sound like. This is me and this is what I sound like. I, I mean, that. that's an amazing story. Time is a gift, man. To actually, like, I, I was thinking a lot about this recently. How much great art doesn't get made because people don't have the time or the money to be able to be in the studio like that? That's like the main thing I took out of it is like, man, all of the bands that didn't get 
to finish the job because they were either given from a label, you know, a small budget. That's why I feel like the great records of the 60s and 70s, they spent a couple of years on them or they lived in the studio for six months and tried things. And you can't just go in there and execute if you want something with like soul and and complete, never been done before, uh, like kind of performances. You know, when you're there all the time, you you get great performances. Yeah, I try and explain this to Dave because Dave is a music fan and he's learning how to play the guitar right now. I'm nice. on I'm on the side of you where I'm balls deep in the middle of making a record right now. And we're actually taking our time for the first time ever. And mm-hmm. we're getting something weird out of it. Like I'm for the first time ever actually experiencing taking my time, which I've never done before. Like, did you find that you got your best results out of that? I did. I'm also a better musician than I was when we made Wide Awake. And um, it's like if, I, if there was like a field full of diamonds, um, but in the, in, in the past, I was just able to pick three holes and dig. Mm. And this time I was able to like dig a bunch of holes and experiment and find mm-hmm. a bunch of diamonds, you know? I mean, th- th- that is probably the best way that we've had creativity explained on here. Creativity like, with no with no deadline. Yeah, and I mean, like, because previously, when you were doing Wide Awake or you were doing like the Yellow Eyes record, like, what was the? Were you constrained to a time limit? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I uh, so I was constrained to a lot of things. Amount of songs I had written. Um, I remember going into Imaginary Man, which has Yellow Eyes on it. Yeah. I had only twenty five songs written at total. And with with Wide Awake, I had, you know, 50. And with this record, I had 130. Jesus. Wow. To to pick from. How did you whittle that down? Well, we would just I I have no idea, man. (laughs) The pile of papers on the ground, we would start something and be like, hey, but you need to stay. And and uh, we'd be be like, okay, this is how this one goes. The drummer was there. He'd be like, mm, if we hit a lick with it, then we'd go. If it felt right, we'd record it. If it didn't, I'd push it to the side. We had three different rhythm sections in the studio over the two months, so some, some songs worked not so great with the rhythm section. We'd record it, push it to the side. I'd try it with a different rhythm section. Um, you know, try to find the right jacket for the band that was in there. It's funny, too, because I feel like listening to this record, which I did love, Dirty Knees is like one of my favorite tracks you've done. I'm going to tell you about Dirty Knees in a second. Tell me about Dirty Knees, dude. Mm. We made that up. That whole song is a freestyle. What? Come on. That is, that is, we were sound check, we were rehearsed, we were just jamming to get the mics going on, and five of us were playing. The guy started that groove, and I had my notebook full of lyrics, and I had seen so many lyrics that were unused that I started just pulling my favorite lines, like painted white doors on a Sunday, painted white doors everywhere. But then a lot of stuff came out, like to get me out of the way of thinking, caught on fire, now I'm sinking. These things came out of nowhere. That song was meant to be. The trumpet was live. We, I affected it post, but it was all like a freestyle. And we go, all right, well, and then nobody thought about it. And I dug it, dug back into the Pro Tools sessions. Like eight months later, I found this thing. I'm like, this is a track right here. I mean, the fact you wrote 130 songs and one of the songs you made the album was a fucking freestyle is incredible, yeah, just, dude. Yeah. Jamming out. That's amazing. 
I mean, yeah, it, it, the, the thing about the record that struck me too is because I love the Mac Miller record that you did. I mean, I have Mac behind me right here. I have the swimming cover on the wall. But like, I felt like that was kind of a sonic partner to this record. Did you did you do that consciously, or is that just something that came about? That was, I mean, like I said, I went to college in Baltimore. I lived across from a rap group named State Your Rank. When I first started playing guitar, they would come over and we would, they would freestyle, we would freestyle. And, and I grew up in high school listening to hip hop. Um, so it's, it was like, when I moved to Nashville, I had, I, I never, never really had an identity to hold on to until uh, that was my own until imaginary man you know with songs like memories of old hickory and then wide awake was a bit more polished and then what the, the the mac miller thing is there was no producer it was just us on tour in a studio and going with the flow you know trust in our gut and and that was like oh okay cool i can do this i don't need a producer producer i'm gonna produce it and wow. uh, what does a producer do but like find a bunch of people to play a song yeah and push it along if need be and so i was like well we did that with the mac miller thing so let's just get the same crew add to the crew go to kentucky and start playing and trusting you know right that it's gonna work out it worked out it was like three albums we made so what you're saying is producers are largely useless in their <laughs> form. yes all of those guys out there you're useless. No, no. I don't. I think that an artist without, uh, with just uh, no, no, uh, or, or sometimes. I mean, I'll take a producer next time. Honestly, this thing just about took ten years off my life. Um, with the amount of like amphetamines I used to stay awake <laughs> and geek out. Uh, yeah. And so, come here, fool. He just wants to run and hump. He's still got his bullsack. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th I mean, it's like, it was really sh um, uh, respect to Shaky Graves, who was like, dude, Ray, you don't need to, you don't need a producer, man. Just go make your own shit. That and, is the most Shaky Graves thing I could possibly imagine. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so I was like, damn, you're right. And we I mean, did. you've worked with some big producers in the past too. Didn't you get a start with Bush Walker? Yeah. He produced Wide Awake. Wow. But he, he's friend, he was friends with my dad. And my dad was always like, man, you need to rec make a record with Butch. Butch is great. He's worked with all kinds of artists. No ego. If you want to do something, he'll be like, cool, let's try it out. He's got, he doesn't have to put his, his sound. You can't tell if a, a record was produced by Butch Walker because he's a great producer. Yeah. He knows how to like uh, work in the draft of an artist, you know? Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about doing production yourself, like taking somebody else's record under your wing? Yeah. I mean, I've done it a couple times with my friend from Germany. He came to Thunder Sound, the studio in Kentucky. We made an EP. Um, I've done it a couple times, but nothing that like, not, I haven't gotten that opportunity yet. Maybe after this record gets around the wheelhouse, somebody will ask me. I would love to do that, though. I mean, for me, like the thing that's always struck me about you as a fan and someone who's I, I'm diehard on your records is I feel like you don't have as much of an ego about what you make. I feel like you're much more about the product than yourself. Like, do, you, do you feel that way? Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah and, and they chose in the quality of what you do, because I feel like anybody can listen to your records and get lost in it. it. It doesn't feel like I don't know how to put this like 
in the process of listening to albums, like sometimes like Kanye West, for example, you know, Kanye is about Kanye. You just seem like you capture ideas and you give them to people. Like, like, is that a staple of what you do? Yeah, like a, a platform to dream on. You know, it's, I, I have a social social duty to um, to not tell you what the song is about. You know, like, well, this song was, I wrote this song when I was drowning out and bottle of whiskey. My girl left me. No. If it was about that, that's what it is for me. Um, but I don't know, like, I'm learning a lot about the egoic self these days and how much it takes over and steers one down the wrong road of, of like selfishness. But self to be selfless within my word is selfish because I go play a show. It strokes the ego. I check the ego at the stage, but um, selfishness is like where I get mine and they get mine. Yeah. I like like that. that. Just like uh, the whole, well, that's what it is. You know, like the two circles that meet somewhere. Right, right, right. Um, it, it's so easy in this to get caught in the selfish side of things. Like it really oh, is. Oh, I'm being selfish right now by not letting this fool run around. <laughs> he wants he's to go. Start a little puppy family. I want, I'm like, he's almost a year old. I know you can neuter a dog when they're a year old, but he's got to get his, you know, I'm not 100%, gonna, dude. get him late. Yes. We're going to put a disclaimer on this episode be like, yo, if anybody wants to hook Raylan's dog up with a partner, please apply here. Yeah. Welcome to On the Guest List, ladies and gentlemen. We learn about dogs breeding and pumping shots. He's he's scared of it, man. (laughs) He's like, just take me to the strip club, bro. (laughs) God damn, dude. Well, yo, Raylan, how's tour been going? It's easy so far. This whole thing is like, we put the record out on Friday, we play this weekend, we got four more shows, and then we go back to, we go back home, we got a show in January, one show, no shows in February, and then in March, it start, it'll start to pick up, um, and so I'm glad not to tour in the winter, Yeah. and let the record simmer, no snow, no vans in the snow, we've done that a bunch and it's not safe. It's the shittiest thing of all time, touring in the winter, sucks. It, I yeah, can imagine. Done with it. Done I'm with pissed. It. I'm in New York City right now. I fly back to Chicago Sunday. Otherwise, I would have definitely came and check you guys out. Is it next Wednesday? Yeah, well, we'll be in Chicago next year. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Chicago's for sure. a big guy. Definitely. We're, have you guys played Chicago recently? Probably now. Last time we played Chicago was uh, Millennium Park, like a free concert series in 2019. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, I. Uh, Go ahead. No, after you. No, I was just gonna say, like, there's like there's a a lot of really good spots that you guys would just knock out of the park in Chicago. Obviously, it's a big city. Where's the net we play at we play at Thal- Thalia Hall. Yeah, Thal- uh, Thalia Hall. That's where oh. that's that's an awesome venue. It actually that's probably because it's such a shitty place, but like in a good way, you know. And um I see that's where I saw Frasco last summer or two yeah. summers ago now. You have you and Andy Frasco guy? Fuck yeah, dude! I, I did just, a podcast I, once. He's fucking awesome. I interviewed Andy on uh on Friday in Philly, and uh, he did like the one year anniversary for Brooklyn Bowl Philly, and like they had Lotus come up, uh, Disco Biscuits, a bunch of people came up. It was amazing. But I actually had to go back and like edit 
the interview because Andy's just a wild motherfucker. That's a wild boy right there. Dude, he is a live night. Crowd surfing, jumping on the piano. He had a guy actually employed that night to crowd surf on a surfboard and give out jello shots. I love that. Dude, he's the fucking man. Who yeah. else are you? What are you into right now? Bucket I think that's head. a Buckethead? <laughs> I mean, I've been to more I've been to more Buckethead shows in my life than I mean, I've been to nine Buckethead shows. I've been to seven Tom Petty shows. I, I saw Buckethead in in Baltimore in college or DC, like I saw him on Easter Sunday once. He handed out Easter baskets with like decapitated heads. Um, but but I'm I'm into man. What am I into? Let's see. I'm gonna just look into it. Yeah, the, pull up. Yeah, I'm into um, shit. I just listened to Lana Del Rey Ultra Violence for the first time. There you go. Uh, I've been I've been digging this. Adrian Lanker Buck Meek album called A Sides. I gotta it's check it out. From uh, Big Thief. Oh, sweet! It's amazing. It's called A Sides. It's simple shit. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. Let's see. Angel Olsen. Yep. Like her. Um, Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> you got a Billy Corgan story by any chance? Nope. Ah. I don't. One. Every single person that's ever came on this podcast has had just some random run-in with Billy Corgan. Whoa! And I so- have a I have an ongoing internet beef with Billy Corgan because I I just I I zoom up on pictures of his face and I tweet at him and say come on the podcast to the point where somebody reached out to Kenny, our co-host, and was like, "You have to stop doing that because Billy hates it." Oh, shit. <laughs> I, he's the, like that. He's the only person I want on this podcast. He's the only like the only great white whale left that I wanted. I don't even want to ask him real questions. I just want to come on and just be like, "What's up with you? What's right. your deal? What's your, what's your deal? <laughs> yeah, like, what is your deal, man? Why what you are did? you the way you are? We had yo, we had like a we had like a four week stretch. Where we we went to Nashville in East Nashville and interviewed Patrick Carney from the Black Keys, mm-hmm. and he told a great Billy Corgan story. And then we had the used on the next week. And they were like, by the way, you guys fucking know Billy Corgan? I got a crazy story. And we're like, what is going on, dude? It, it was, was like, like bang, 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 bang. bang, bang. Yeah. And that's when I started my Billy Corgan search. He's, I'm searching for Billy Corgan, dude. Man. Who's the, who's the most, who's the most random person you ran into that like you were like, who, who was like your great white whale of people you wanted to run into that you did meet? That I did meet? Yeah. Dude. I don't have that kind of memory, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's out Frasco too much. Yeah, you've been spending too much time with Andy Frasco. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's not a microphone, Ray. That's a bong. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> shit, dude. All right, Just even if someone you haven't or someone you haven't met yet that you want to meet, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> you hang I can out, make that work. I actually know his uh, his people. I'll yeah, make- we'll get we'll get you in yeah. touch with with Hendrix, dude. I just gotta go fall asleep and dream or something. He can come to me to dream. I um, I think Frasco might be the kind of guy to talk to about that. He might have the material you might need to meet yeah, Hendrix. Like, what does he call like ayahuasca this, or whatever? Take this poison frog, dehydrated <laughs> poison frog serum, man. Go in that block over there and close your <laughs> eyes and smoke it. Man, you know, I don't know. There's not too many people that I've. I stay in the woods too much, brother. Yeah. Stay out of the, the rat race aspect of this whole thing. Yeah. But if there's somebody, I mean, I'd like to meet Feist. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I think that she's cool as fuck. I think you guys could have a very interesting conversation. I would like a microphone in the room to hear. 
you know, um, I need to find a microphone technician to help me with my invention. After off record, if you guys know somebody that can build tiny microphones that uh, that uh, will record things, I'll tell you about it later. All right, give me, Good give me idea. the. Yeah, I do have one last question before we get out of here because I am someone like I said, I'm a fan. Hey, Larocco, is that an actual like story? Yeah, like is that a story about your time in Baltimore? Yes. Can you explain that? Yeah, the end of my sophomore year, um, I was playing lacrosse at Loyola in Baltimore. We played Yale. We lost. Like a powerhouse lacrosse program. Fights, <laughs> man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, dude, I was an all New England lacrosse player. Um, I went to got a full scholarship to play at Loyola. And I played my I started my freshman year. Um, I mean I'm six five, man. In college I was six. You five, are tall as fuck, ten. dude. Yeah. And I and I played that was my thing. And then my my fall season, fall ball of sophomore sophomore year, I tore my ACL. And so I sat out the whole season and when our last game happened. I wasn't playing, but our last game, we lost to Yale at home. We all went out and got shit-faced and came back to the dorms and in the elevator. Some kids started strangling my buddy, and I stepped in and pushed him. And fast forward two hours, somebody in the dorm pulled the fire alarm. All the students got pushed out. This kid and me saw each other. Cruise happened. Jabber, jab, and talk. Kid pushes me into the street. I push him back. He falls backwards because he's wasted. He falls backwards and slices his forehead open on a tree branch, like a stump of a tree branch. As the police, within like 10 seconds, as the campus police were responding to the fire alarm, they see him on the ground. He's bleeding. They're like, did you do this? And I said, yeah. They handcuffed me. The cops come. I go to jail in Baltimore, central booking right there downtown. What? That can't get, be a fun fucking place to be. Oh, dude, I was handcuffed here and at my ankles for three days. Um, uh, my bail was one hundred and fifty thousand oh, dollars. It went down to it got it down to seventy five. Um, paid a bail bondsman. I got out. Got kicked out of school for a year. Lost my scholarship. Um, worked at a liquor store and a moving company. Started playing guitar that that year off. And went back to, got sued for a million, $1.3 million. What? I thought I killed the kid for 12 hours. That's what that story is about. Mike LaRocco. Oh, it's an actual person. Yeah. Wow. Staten Island. Um, I've looked him up. I don't know if he's still around or not, but um, he's just running his in mouth to a friend of mine who was running his mouth at him and i just kind of tried to put it to rest but um but i look back and i because i wasn't meant to be a lacrosse player after the time i was meant to play play music you know it's like your origin story uh-huh yeah, your if if you don't push that kid and get sued for a bajillion dollars are you right here talking to us right now about your musical journey maybe but Probably not, because I was like, right. I "What was, were you going to school for?" Lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I <laughs> chose Loyola because they had a lacrosse team. I was advert, I'm a communications major, advertising. That's what I was too. Which is like common, kind of a common sense. 
I just wanted the easiest thing to get in and out of. Yeah. Same. And you know, with a with a good imagination, you'd be like, okay, I'm gonna make a commercial. Right. There you go. But uh, that once again, I think goes back to the thing I said earlier. It's like time and circumstance and how much good art is lost in life because people don't take that chance. And yeah. through this, you've given the world so much fucking beautiful music. And that's like a, an incredible story. I've always wondered that about that song. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to go outside tonight. I don't want to kill some time. Unlike every time I've done before jail on a clear day, you might see me in a cage on, on a, a yellow, yellow brick road. Wishing I had someone to adore. Um, Oh, the trouble I can find in Baltimore. Don't let me die behind these, uh, these iron, doors. iron doors. Yes. Wow. And that's it. I love getting it from the horse's mouth, dude. And then the second verse is all about Baltimore. Uh, Loyola is a Jesuit school, so yep. I believe it was a Friday night. Charlie Avenue bullfight. Um, Charles Avenue is where the dorm is. A lightning bolt to Mike LaRocco's head, like Harry Potter reference. He had a big old scar. Um, he was angry at a friend of mine. I'm a savior when I have the time. The Jesus freaks, they taught me everything. Oh, okay. Preachers at the school. Uh, but I swear to God, he died there in the street. That's it, you know? Have you ever sent him that song? No. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> hoped he, he could hear it because it's kind of me putting the whole situation on my my buddy Trey, who who was running his mouth and didn't fess up, you know? Dude, there's so much of that dumb shit in college, too, where people just yap because they're drunk. You don't even realize what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, he was yapping. I decided to, like, step in too much. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I learned a lot from it. I definitely don't throw a punch anymore. Good. You're too tall for that shit, dude. Yeah, I'm like, by the time I get here, somebody could just... (laughs) I don't. You got the reach advantage, bro. God damn. I'm so glad I asked that question because I've always wondered that. that. That's it's like you said, that's your origin story. Mm-hmm. It's obviously unfortunate circumstance, but you turn that, you know, you turn those lemons into lemonade for sure. I sold my soul to the devil. Right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there's the nothing crossroads. wrong with selling your soul. Facts. I, I got it back. There you go. Yeah, Man, I, I I can't thank you enough for taking the time today, brother. I will see you next week in Philly. Yes. Um, I'll make sure to come say what's up. By the way, you have a Philly boy in your band too. Barney. Barney, dude. Barney I, Cortez. He, he's always been kicking around the scene around here and he's always busy. I think he knows my sax player, Will. Um, but I remember seeing him during the set and being like, fuck, good for Barney Cortez, dude, because I, I love your band so much, man. And did you ever, was Eric Slick ever involved in your band? This Barney, listen to this. You guys are like cosmically bonded. I feel like that's exactly what you sound like. He's my brother. Man. Um, Eric Slick is, he played the drums on the Mac Miller EP. That's what it was. I knew he was involved in some capacity. Yeah. And his wife, Natalie Prass, is a um, longtime friend. And Nick Bockrath from Philly, who plays in Cage the Elephant, yeah. is how I met Barney. Um, so, yeah. Eric Slick. I love Philly. Eric Slick, uh, his officiant at his wedding was Bruce Warren from WXPN. Yes. And Bruce is like my musical dad because he's from my neighborhood in Philadelphia. He's from Northeast Philadelphia. And he couldn't believe that someone from Northeast Philadelphia was actually making music. He's Uh like, what the fuck, dude? Because the first time I met him and he heard my accent and he was like, wait, hold on a second. 
Uh-huh. He's like, no way is there anybody from Northeast Philly actually doing this shit. So we Wait, where'd you go to high school? Archbishop Ryan. Yep. My one of my best friends from college, call him uh, Captain Redbeard, Mike <laughs> Mike Graham. He went to LaSalle College High School. Yep. Um great, great also, lacrosse program. Great lacrosse program. I go watch them. There's football, like Thanksgiving sh- football games up there, eating pretzels and keg beer. And I love Wawa. Good man. Let's go. I love Wawa, man. That's the ultimate way to kiss someone's ass from that part of the country. Bro, when I seen Frasco last when I seen Frasco last week, he texted me. He's like, yo, can you bring me a cheesesteak? And I was like, that's such a corny question. And I was gonna go to Wawa and buy him like a shitty three dollar cheesesteak from the fucking gas station. I didn't though. I pussied out. I bought him a nice one. But uh dude, when you come into Philly next week, I'll make sure to shoot you a DM and I'll grab you, I'll, I'll buy you a beer. Done. All right, man. Well, fucking everybody, please go listen to Raylan Baxter's new album. It's fucking incredible. Go see him on tour. Uh, Raylan, anything else for us, brother? Nope. All right. That's well, a, it's a nice day outside, isn't it? It's a nice he day like outside. That. See, he's going to remember now. He's going to remember oh, now. Man. That was, Yo, that was everything I wanted out of that interaction. I was really hoping you were who I thought you were, and you were, and I was so happy about it, brother. Good man. Yeah, thank you for uh, reminding me of that. I forget My something. man. All right, so that was our interview with our friend Raylan Baxter. Go check out his new album. Go see him on tour. He's a great guy. Uh, shout tall. out to his dog, too. What was that? He's tall. He's like 6'5". Yeah, he's tall as fuck. <laughs> uh, I actually, uh, I was telling a story in the beginning about it. I met him one time, and uh, that was one of my first things. I did not know he was that fucking big. He's a big-ass dude. He's huge, yeah. Uh, so let's go into our little draft that we're going to do tonight. I've been seeing this trend on TikTok uh, where people are picking 10 albums that they can only listen to for the rest of their life. We're only doing five because it'll take too long to do 10. But we're picking the five albums. If you can only listen to five albums for the rest of your life, you got to pick five. Uh, no more, no less. Uh, I, Dave didn't do his list, so Dave and Nick are here to judge us. Literally just talk <laughs> shit on every pick. Hell yeah. Uh, me, Kenny, and Dante have some lists put out. I have a long list of honorable mentions. And honestly, I don't think there's going to be a lot of carryover here between the picks. Nah. We're yeah, such we'll fucking weird, different people. Uh, Kenny, why don't you start first? Give me one of your... It's not in any particular order. So you got five albums for the rest of your not life. Start with number one. Order. Not in any particular... Uh, you can go in order if you want to. So the, ba- the, the, the preface to mine is that it's an impossible question. It just truly yes. is an impossible question. Mm-hmm. So when I started typing this out, a thousand records came to mind. Did I really like pick which ones I liked better? No, I just throw it down the five that came out to my mind first number one metallica master of puppets i mean yeah, it's whoa. a great fucking record it's their best That's record great. it's the first one you can hear the bass uh it's, <laughs> it's just it's incredible it's one of those records that stands the test of time every bit and then every time you see them play live even though they're 60 they play it faster it's fucking nuts. i can't believe you didn't pick death magnetic are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah no I, I dude i put death magnetic on my instagram story a couple weeks ago and my sister-in-law texted me and was like you picked the shittiest metallica album you fucking jerk off uh so, my favorite's in, in justice for all i think is my favorite metallica it's an absolutely incredible record it's like how do you pick between the two if i had to pick it, between the two probably master yeah it's got more like staying power i think yeah uh, and justice is just a little bit more garage rock raw exactly great listen to Re-listen to build. I didn't think he was a Metallica guy, though. Oh, Kenny's a big rock. Metallica guy. Oh, God. Okay. I, I come from, like, metal and punk rock growing up. That's all. Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, once again, no particular order here. My number one pick would have been a Bruce album, but that is not allowed. 
in the context yeah. of this draft. Uh, and just by the way, Dante, if I was picking, I was not picking darkness, which is not, was I picked born to run. It's the most listenable, but that's not, not, you know, not here nor there. Uh, my number one pick is a kind my number one pick is a Kanye West album. I picked graduation. Oh, I picked wow. graduation. Uh, I think it's Kanye's best work. Uh, I think it's the most re-listenable album that he does have. Uh, and it, I don't know, there's just a certain level of nostalgia and I think it has probably four of his best songs on it. So my first pick is graduation by Kanye West. Uh, any, any shit to be talked here? Your first oh, no. is for the anti-Semite. <laughs> Yo, <fuck laughs> you, we just talked about this. I know. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we did because I also have a Kanye one on my. Yes. List. Uh, Still fuck Kanye. Still fuck Kanye. But we're talking about the music. Beautiful right, dark okay. fantasy. Uh, just amazing, amazing work. I uh, love the album versions of the songs that are extended. Final is fucking work of art. Uh, it's just great to throw on with multiple discs and just let it play out. Great album. Damn, the haters are going to be like, wow, two, two of the top three picks are Kanye picks. This is yeah, not don't a show, look. Don't show this to the Rolling Stone readers. They're yeah, don't show them. this to Andy Brasco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, any notes so far? I think that you can consider, like, I would say for the Kanye albums, I would, God, that's such a toss-up between the two to me. Uh, Gun to Head, I would go with uh, Twisted Fantasy. But I think I would be on the minority on that as if you put it up to like a vote, like family feud style or something. Right. That said, I think master of puppets is maybe a top 10 album ever. I agree Genre, with that. Era yeah. aside, you, I would, I can't get rid of that album. I can't personally. All right. Uh, Dave, that was actually really good notes. I appreciate that. Uh, Kenny, go with your second one. Second record. We, I know we said, what, no live records? I do have one. Neil, no, no, one, one, live one, one live record. One live record. Neil Young live at Master Hall in 1971. Oh, that's Ooh. a great pick. That's like, you're sitting Fuck. on the beach, you're listening to that, you're anywhere, you're in a car, you're in a fucking U-Haul driving across state lines and you're listening to live at Massey Hall and you can hear just how fucking annoyingly bad his voice is and it's so perfect. <laughs> it's so yeah. perfect. The songs are so good and it doesn't work with a different voice and it's just him by himself. You know, sitting on yeah. stage stories like he do, uh, that worked at my ranch. He came with the ranch when I bought it and I wrote this song about him. He starts playing old man. It's fucking epic. Yeah. Kenny, that's a really good pick. I need I to pull that up. You know what I mean? Is yeah. it on Spotify? I, uh, it is. I think it is. <laughs> I remember he took all his stuff down. I don't know if it was back. Oh, was... yeah. I forgot he took his shit off Spotify. It's not yeah, there. yeah. Um, I think it's. No, it's not. Damn. Obviously, you have to go to Amazon vinyl too. And when you put the vinyl, like, fuck off, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with a live album too. We're gonna go with live albums. I'll go with my live album pick. Uh, it was the first vinyl I ever got from my dad. I took it out of his. My dad had like pink milk crates full of records, and it's uh Bob Seger live bullet 1975 live from Detroit is one of my all time favorite records. It's the record that turned the page. The famous version of turn the pages on. Uh, Catman Do's on there. That's my favorite live album of all time. It was either that or the Allman Brothers live at the Fillmore East, which is also a great live record. But Bob Seger, Live Bullet, it's my replacement for a Springsteen album. So I went 
Seeger instead. But Seeger Live Bullet is one of the greatest live albums of all time. And that is one of my most re-listenable ones as well. Uh, Kenny, what's your opinion on Bob Seeger? Love, love, love Bob Seeger. I don't know a whole lot of the deep cuts and B-sides, but the hits, man. Always mm-hmm. on my playlist. I, I, I mean, Seeger, I think, is an underrated... Right? What'd you say? Night moves, right? Night moves, yeah. 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 Night moves, yep. Main Street, yeah, uh, Hollywood Lights. Like Hollywood Lights. Like like no, that's, no that's, Joe, that's Joe Cocker, actually. Sorry. Uh, I got him confused. No, like, Joe Joe I do think he is underrated. Everybody Seager? knows he's great, but at the same time... He is. He's not really talked about as an all-time great. I think you put Seeger in the same category as Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen. I think they run hand in hand as far as like great American songs. Honest, I absolutely agree. Uh, I like him bu- more than them. My buddy, <laughs> my buddy worked on his house in Michigan and said he's like the nicest guy in the world too. Uh, I actually have a story about my buddy telling me that Bob Seeger butters his donuts, uh, and that will always Jesus. that'll always give me a soft spot for the fact that Bob Seeger's still alive. Uh, oh my god, I can't believe that. Yeah, he butters his donuts. So shout out to Bob Seeger, shout out to Michigan. Uh Dante, go with your second pick. Not going to the live album here, but a incredible album nonetheless. Uh sorry, I'm just pulling up my ways. Uh Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. There you nice. go. Now just you can one. have a now you can have a girl over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, did you just find that when that skateboarding dude put it on his TikTok? <laughs> Is that when you just covered oh, the album? No, my mom used to play that front yeah. and back over and over and over and over when I was a little kid growing up. I mean, that's an all-time fucking album. Me and Robbie did a whole breakdown of that fucking that album. The story behind it, it's incredible. It's one of the best put-together records of all time. Um, that's a great goddamn pick, Dante. Uh, Dave, any notes on that? It's maybe a top three or five album for me personally all time i might fire it up to fall asleep tonight there you go <laughs> nick any thoughts on, ru- on rumors i don't but i was gonna say my favorite kanye album from earlier is 808 and heartbreaks i like I that love one. 808 i think no, 808 yeah. is incredibly that, underrated for me too that's way up there yeah, yeah. but i, I like, like the fleetwood mac choice because you're gonna have you're gonna have millennial women over sometimes and they need something to listen to Dude, to make him feel like they're a witch, you know? My buddy made 808 <laughs> and Heartbreaks, and to watch him go from poor pajamas to owning apartment complexes. Who was it? Jeff Basker. You know Jeff Basker? It's a long story. My mentor, Jimmy Messer, who did all the, like, Kelly Clarkson and Enrique Inglis, Oh, yeah. His best friend in college was a guy named Jeff Reed, who was around all the time. Jeff Reed's best friend was Jeff Basker, so they were he was around our studio all the time, and... We were just like, oh shit! You just came out with Love Lockdown. Oh, sick! He did. He did the fun first fun record. Yeah, some other shit like crazy shit. He's a Berkeley guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and he's, yeah, he's Basker, still, he still wears. He used the to run band. with lettuce. He was in Basker, lettuce like that era. Still wears. Yeah, the- Jeff Basker did a bunch of Taylor Swift shit too. I think yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's done everything. I didn't know you knew Jeff Basker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, you got cool. He did Harry him, Styles too. Yeah, Fuck. Harry Styles. What did you do wrong that you're sitting here with us? Jeff Baskers hanging out with Harry Styles. Yo, I don't, I, I can't, don't know how to make beats like fucking Jeff Basker, dude. I used to watch him do it, and you're just like, the way you hear that shit in your head is insane. Same with Ricky Reed, who does all those. Yep. I toured with that guy. He's a buddy, and I watch him work. You're like, fuck, man. I can't play basketball like MJ. I can't play basketball at all. But you know, we should. When we come to LA, we should get in the studio with one of those guys if we can get them. 
and just to see what they do. Percent chance. <laughs> Look, there's been a lot of people I thought there was zero percent chance on that seem to be like actually coming to fruition. So nothing's yeah, thirty minutes of their time, but giving us a day in their studios, <laughs> fucking a different. Thirty minutes works. Yo, give me thirty. Yeah, give Put me thirty. The <laughs> uh, That'll Kenny, be seven thousand dollars. Yeah, at least, bro. <laughs> uh, Kenny, give me your third pick. Third one was a little bit wonky because for a minute there I had a record that was too similar to the second one. So I have two. I was going to say uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Deja Vu, ooh, but I ooh. just said Neil Young. So yep. I changed it just now to Outcast, AT Aliens. Nice. Great record. That's a good call. Yeah, that's a it's game. Not- that's, South got something to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'd go Stankonia over AT Aliens, but I respect the pick. That's good. Not for me. I'm an AT Aliens guy. Yeah. You got to be old. Not, not that my <laughs> pick matters because it's your your five albums that you're listening to. But, uh, dude, I went. I recently went on a huge outcast kick. They are so fucking underrated still somehow. I don't know how it's possible. I got to see – I've told this story. I got to see them play one time. It was like their first show back after however many millions of years at a festival, Oceaga, outside of Montreal. Uh, and they opened up with Bombs Over Baghdad just straight away. Just house lights go off, Bombs Over Baghdad. The place fucking erupts. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I, they're somehow underrated, and I know how that's fucking possible because I those two guys are just incredible. Uh, my third pick is – I don't think anybody's going to take this, but it's an artist who – because I needed something soul-related, and I, Neo Soul happens to be, like, right up my fucking alley. I went right voodoo – I went Voodoo by D'Angelo. Uh, I think one of the, the most groundbreaking records, uh, the band playing on that was all the Soquarian area guys, like fucking Quest Love on drums, Untitled's on that. Dad, voodoo Daddy. No, just, just, <laughs> just Voodoo by D'Angelo. D'Angelo is a fucking genius. Chicken Grease, uh, Left to Right, Voodoo, uh, fucking... I mean, it's just a perfect record, in my opinion. So uh, I was going to go that at Brown Sugar. I went Voodoo. Um, Dave, do you know what I'm talking about? A little bit. Go down yeah. a D'Angelo rabbit hole. No, I know I know who he is. But I'm saying, like, go into that record deep. Actually, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you, like, his discography or anything, but I'm sure I would. I mean, I don't have, like, an emotional connection to his music, but every time I hear his music, I'm like, this guy's fucking awesome, you know? Mm. Nick, your reaction seemed like you're a D'Angelo guy. I, I fucking love D'Angelo. He's like one of my favorite artists ever. Also, that Black Messiah record he did like uh, 2014. I got to see that band live with Chris Daddy Dave on drums and Pino. on. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Guitar player in that is a friend of the podcast, Isaiah Sharkey. Uh, who's oh, yeah. I, I did a gig with him uh, last month. He's Sharkey's the best, dude. Yeah. An animal, man. He is he's an from, animal. He's from Chicago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I played with him. Uh, I played with him here in Denver. We did a Prince tribute. Oh, nice! It was he's someone yeah. who could get who, who could do Prince justice. Yeah, he murdered it. Yeah, it was awesome. Dude, he's he's a freak guitar. Live oh yeah, video kick. Fuck. Oh, he's dude. in best of all time. He's in Mayor's band. Did you know he's in yeah, Mayor's yeah, band yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to John Mayer. Yeah, Kenny, yeah. did you? Kenny, Kenny did you, you know watch that? About? What are you saying? Kenny, do you know who we're talking about? Though no, uh, uh-uh. Isaiah, Isaiah check Sharky, him. check him out. He's got his own solo shit. He tours with John Mayer. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. he's an alien. He's an. He's alien. the best guitar player out there, I think, right now. He's an alien, man. That's a strong opinion. I mean, dude, he plays with John Mayer, D'Angelo. Like he, he's I'm like, a, I'm sure he's oh. great. 
I'll say this. He's the best guitar player I've ever played with. I don't know about that. I haven't played with. All right. <laughs> the story that about how that's a good comment. The story yeah. about how he got found while touring with a Christian like uh, gospel yeah. band in a fucking like guitar shop in Richmond, Virginia, and the fat version of D'Angelo walked in, and uh, Sharky was like, "Are you D'Angelo?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, you're in my <laughs> band now." So that's how it happened. Uh, yep. Dante, your third pick. Got two that I'm, I'm going to use both, but I'm debating. Better which not one. be Taylor Swift. No, <laughs> first. I think, all right, I'm going to go Oasis What's the Story Morning Glory. Ooh. Great record. Great yeah. record. I debated that one. Yeah. One of my favorite. Uh, just uh, instantly transports me back to being a kid and falling in love with music and a band that I liked that. My parents didn't like it. Yeah. Oasis was so punk rock. They were fucking awesome, dude. That is a, a, like, I was going to say Standing on the Shoulder of Giants album because that's a fucking Oasis album, but uh, it's just such a landmark fucking record, dude. It's so good. It's so ignorant and so trebly and so in your face. It's It's, perfect. It's perfect. That's perfect. Did did you know they made that album and wrote it from scratch in two weeks? I did know that. It's Melancholy and the Infinite Sound. It's a perfect record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shout out Billy Corgan for the 8 millionth time. Well, I had some uh, you know that album just turned uh, 20, I think. They just did a uh, anniversary concert here have in we, Chicago for it. I missed it. Have we all seen the video of old Korg eating chips on stage? Oh, yep. my fucking God, yep. dude. Yo, don't make me like him. That's it incredible. is. Re- it has relit the fire of me Everybody wanting Billy Korg on this podcast. I get some snacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you say old Korg. Old Korg, dude. Yeah. Nick, are you, are, Nick, are you familiar with our rivalry with Billy Korg that he doesn't really care know about? No, but uh, that sounds awesome because he is a weirdo. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I do like that record, though. I like some of his tunes, but he is weird. My friends are like I right now, actually. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, Luke. But, uh, uh, he said he's pretty cool to work for, though. He's not. I don't think he's as weird. Where is this? It's... Where is this clip, and why didn't we troll him with it? We did. I tweeted at him. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it I out. screamed, that "Billy!" Where I saw it first. I said, right, "Billy, yeah. come on the podcast. We'll eat chips." Yo, is this and we're tunics? <laughs> what What started your beef with Billy Corgan? Uh, just the fact that every person who's ever come on this podcast has a really bad Billy Corgan story. <laughs> and. And he started shit with Dave in person. Yeah, yeah Dave, man. Well, fuck him, our- man. I'm on Dave's side. And yeah, Kenny's side. Uh, Ke- Kenny's actually the one who reignited it. Here we you go. You know what? Thinking there about how viral that... <laughs> that being said, though, that album he made, uh, uh, what was it called? That is an amazing album. That Smash- Smashing Pumpkins album. Billy, come on the podcast. We'll feed you chips. That's incredible. I'll- Dude, you I'll will fucking, get him on soon. I I'll fucking feed God, Billy. Though, I'll feed Billy Corgan like a fucking baby bird, dude. I'll chew up as that, many Frito Lay chips and spit in his mouth. With how that viral that John Cusack thing went, if there was cameras on me for the Billy Corgan thing, it would have been the exact same thing. <laughs> that's how. That's how awkward of a fucking encounter it was. Oh man. Uh, all right. So somehow we got to Billy he, Corgan stomped out. Is he trying to do like a pro wrestling thing too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Shit with AEW or whatever. Yeah. Oh my god, we should fucking wrestle Billy Corgan. 
I don't think he wrestles. I think he oh, just lowers Kane was over. in the office today. Did you guys follow wrestling? Yeah. No. Kane was in the office today. I met him. You said what's That's up cool. to Kane? Yeah, he's a monster of a human. Super, super nice guy. Is he like he's a congressman? Some Kentucky town or something now. Oh, yeah. That's right. He's in politics. The mayor, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Imagine having to go to like a policy debate against Kane. And then all of a sudden <laughs> he just lifts his hands up and like fucking turnbuckle shoots out pyrotechnics. I'd be down for that. Uh, Kenny, what's your fourth pick? Biggie Smalls ready to die. There we go. I was waiting on some. Yo, you got two hip hop. Never mind. Yeah. That honestly might be my number one of all time. I think that that could be, yeah. could be number one. Yeah. I mean, that's just such a fucking flawless record, dude. Kenny, did you know if you look in the mirror and say uh, Biggie Smalls three times? Yeah, he so he comes behind you. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done it before. He's <laughs> sick. Do it right now, and it'll come on the podcast. Right, <laughs> Biggie. Let's. Would go. that be the number? Would that be the number one dead person you'd want to bring on the podcast? Oh man, probably. Uh, I don't know. That's a that's another too big of a question to go down. <laughs> We'll have to think about that. We, if we can, like, resurrect. I still want to get a, a spiritual medium on the podcast and contact dead rock stars. Dude, they're everywhere out here. They're on, like, every fucking corner of those. Let's get one. Let's bring back Nick from Dreamers, and let's do it. Yeah, no. I'm saying, oh, like, I want to get a real. Yeah, I want to go to L.A. and do that, because I'm sure they're fucking everywhere out there. Just say let's bring back Nick Carter. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Nick oh, from Dreamers. R.I.P. to my big dog, Aaron Carter. R.I.P. Yeah, this is the realest one. Yeah, Jack and basketball. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, what was that thing you sent in the group today? Was that not you guys? I don't think so. About Aaron Carter. Wait, what? The thing about Aaron Carter? I think it was in our group chat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. I'm not talking about that. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I thought in the group it said we need to talk about this, but we won't talk about it. Uh, what happens in the group chat stays in the group chat. That's a rule. in this scenario, yes. In um, all scenarios. <laughs> my fourth pick is an oddly specific one. Uh, I pick Southeastern by Jason Isbell. Uh, Last record to make me cry. Uh, it's a great Americana record. Probably, in my opinion, the best singer-songwriter out right now. Jason Isbell. It's fucking amazing record. Cover me up on that record. Flying Over Water. Elephant. Uh, top to bottom, just a great fucking record. And I needed something country-esque. Uh, Southeastern by Jason Isbell is my fourth pick. Um, I don't think I'm going to get any support on that, but I'm all right. Uh, Dante, your fourth pick. Kenny took Ready to Die from me, so I am going to go along, nice. those, along those same lines. Uh, Tom Petty, Wildflowers. Ooh. It's a great Joke. goddamn record. Joking about along the same lines, obviously, but yeah. Uh, they they're both dead. Oh, I, was, I wasn't thinking that, but yeah, that plays. Uh, do you know who produced that record? Yeah. yeah, Jimmy. No. Oh, that's a that that's a Rick Rubin album. Oh, that's why it's so like sparse and simple. Yeah, and, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wildflowers I, is a Rick Rubin record. I thought Iveen did uh, some of the tracks on it. He Jimmy Iveen did his first three records. He did Dan the Torpedoes. Uh, he did Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And he did the record after that, the one with I Won't Back Down. But And then he went to, 
like mid-career crisis, went to Rick Rubin, and they did You Don't Know How It Feels, and they did the rest of that record. Oh. He's the GOAT. Uh, that's a great record. Uh, Damn the Torpedoes is my favorite Tom Petty record, but I would say Wildflowers is just a fucking game changer, and hit after hit after hit on that fucking record. So good. Uh, Nick, do you have a specific Tom Petty record you like the most? No, but I like this era of Tom Petty when he was kind of putting the – it was kind of a weird era. They were like kind of putting the chorus first in a lot of songs. And Tom Petty was doing that on this record. I like that. It got right to the point. It was simple. So I, I'd probably pick this as my favorite Tom Petty album. I'm not like the biggest Tom Petty guy. So it has the most hits. So I'm a huge Petty guy. I fucking love yeah. Petty. Um, uh, Kenny, your fifth. This is our fifth pick. It's the final pick. And then we'll go through honorable mentions. 36 Chambers. Damn it. That was going to be my last one. I mean, that one in Ready to Die, it's like interchangeably my number ones, hands down, fucking game changers. World. I mean, there, nothing ever sounded like that before. Nothing has ever sounded like it since. No, no, special, a special moment in time. Right. 36 fucking chambers, dude. Shouts out to the Riz of the Jizz, Old Dirty Bastard, Inspector Deck, Raekwon, the Chef, Ghostface Killer, You Got, and the Method Man. Uh, great pick. Uh, my last pick, I'm going the same era of hip hop. I'm going Illmatic. Uh, 17-year-old Nas. It's just, that's the most replayable rap album uh, in history to me. I know every goddamn word. Uh, it was between that and Black Star, but I feel like I've already gone kind of niche in this with the Isbel pick, and I was like, I gotta get something that everybody will know. Illmatic's is so fucking special, and it's one of those records that cursed Nas for the rest of his career because no matter what he did after it, you can never top it. All right. It's just so fucking good. It's DJ Premier and Q-Tip, going song for song like you can't what are you gonna do with that it's fucking incredible dude uh illmatic by nas is my last pick uh dante your last pick fucking kenny again uh i don't want to ride his boat <laughs> not 36 chambers but i was gonna go uh Wu-Tang forever because it was double album fucking the buzz around that album was like nothing i ever fucking saw at that age, um, I just felt like such a badass. Like I was breaking the law buying it um, <laughs> I, from my mom and shit. And it was awesome, but uh, no, I'm actually gonna go with uh, Guns and Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Respect. Nice. That was almost on my list. Yeah, that was up there. Fucking really got me into rock and roll. Uh, like fart rock and roll at the time. Uh, again, just made me feel like fucking badass. And I always was like, oh, I can't wait to get my license and drive listening to this on full blast in my car. So I've never get to listen to it in, in my mom's car. But uh, obviously, when I turned 16, I was a wannabe gangbanger. Post, uh, being so rap aficionado, so I just pump, I just pump bad boy shit. Not, not Dave, uh, Dave, throw some of your, uh, Dave, throw some of your picks out there. We were talking about earlier. Sublime, Sublime would have been on there. Um, self-titled, I fucking rumors. Is, I love that album. Um, and then I love Gulf Coast Highway, but Eric Lindell, I know you guys don't like him or know him, but he's like my favorite fucking artist ever. Um, 
we didn't talk any Foo Fighters albums early. I don't know about rap albums that I like would die without but Marshall Mathers LP. Mm. Great one. Um, Great one. I mean, I have, I have, off the top of my head. I like the, the, I knew Sublime was going to be a pick for you. I had no doubt. Nick, do you have any that you would put on your list? Actually, yeah. This oh. might be up there with slightly stupid. Ooh. Hmm. Nick, go, Nick, go ahead. Throw some of yours out there. I have a couple. I can't believe no one put a Stevie Wonder record on there. Um, I was going to, my Stevie Wonder choice would either be, my favorite is Intervisions, but um, Songs in the Key of Life has way more songs, right? So I think, I'm going to go with Songs in the Key of Life since I can only have five albums for the rest of my life. So you have a bigger selection. Right. Because Intervisions only has like eight tracks on it, but they're all genius. Also, I was going to throw Earth, Wind, and Fire on there. Ooh. Because um, I, they're my. I, I, Sorry. What? Go ahead. No, go, I was thinking out loud. Uh, throw Bruce Orange on there for me, too, by John Prine. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Good call. Good call. I thought John Prine's the man. We love Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. Uh, first off, from your two picks, I definitely know you were in a horn section because you picked Stevie and you picked <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. What else you got? Okay, how about Huey Lewis and the New Sports? He loves hell yeah, fueled bands. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Well, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I I like jazz. Uh, I'm gonna go with a, a, this. My favorite sax player ever is this guy from Chicago named Eddie Harris. He died in the '80s, so I'm gonna throw just one of his records on there. It doesn't matter. I don't know about my fifth one. I'm gonna have to go. I need to hit some hip hop on there, don't I? Yeah. Hmm. How about Snoop Dogg Doggy Style? Great that's, pick. That's a good call. Uh, very re-listen, very re-listenable album. I think that's that's part of the thing with this draft too mm-hmm. is the fact that it's got to be something you can listen to forever. Yeah, like that's forever. what I was thinking of. That's why I picked Snoop- the one, Stevie. Yeah, uh, Snoop Dogg just got a deal for a biopic. Really? He's get, yeah, he's getting like his own like uh, straight out of Compton Ray Walk the awesome. Line kind of a movie. Great. I'd watch the shit out of that. He had a very interesting yeah. life. You know what's wild about him? He's sixty. He's- He's only like 50. I know, but he's been so culturally culturally relevant since like 93. Yeah. He's like, I would say one of the most recognizable faces on the entire planet. Absolutely. And voices. And voices, yeah, 100%. I'll listen to that guy narrate anything. Dude, the wildlife documentaries of Snoop Dogg narrating like uh, planet Earth are some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) I got to watch those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so good. it's between like him, Shaquille O'Neal, and like The Rock, probably for like the most recognizable people on earth. I honestly yeah. David Donald's on that list for sure. Yeah, yeah that's true. He is. He's yeah, also he is. The, he's also on the list for most punchable face. He just yeah. has a punchable ass face. Well, he's pretty famous. He was president of the United States. You know, that's a... yeah. That that does tend <laughs> to yeah. Do we take presidents out? Because I mean, Barry Obama too is probably up there as yeah. well. Yeah, presidents um, probably should. Did I pick five? I think that's five. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. I think what Miles five, Davis yeah. album would you pick? Oh, that's tough, man. Uh, I mean, I, I you kind of got to go kind of blue. That's his most famous. Yeah. That's the most highest selling jazz record of all time still, actually. You know really? That? Still sells, like, I th- I don't remember the number, but even a couple years ago, it was doing like a million copies a year. That's the best. But walking... I don't know. I'd probably go with a Coltrane record, too. That's the oh, best walking in the snow record. Like, Yeah, it's the, the tempos are perfect for it. Hey, blue and green is like one of the best. Like I'm sadly walking around thinking about life records. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's the five picks. Uh. I don't know. I think Kenny. I think you probably had the best list. I'm not gonna lie. I know. 
All right, good. I think I agree, actually. <laughs> See? Good to know that Kenny knows that he had the best. Dave, you're so tucked in. You're adorable right now. Oh, I'm ready to go, man. As soon as you say peace, I am lights out, thrown on Netflix. All right, well, we're about we're about to wrap this up anyway. That was our uh, our picks for the five records that you uh, you listen to for the rest of your life and nothing else. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up. We'll wrap it up with uh, the interview we did with Cannons last week for Barstool Backstage. You can find that on YouTube right now. But we're gonna put it on our RSS feed right now too. Uh, Nick, what do you have going on, man? What's the next thing you have coming up? Uh, I'm actually heading to Indy next weekend. I'm gonna do a date with Andy, and then I'm gonna play with uh, my solo project. So a couple shows in Indy next weekend. Yep. Now that's Nick Gerlock's cult, right? Yep. dot com. So why a, a cult? cult? Uh, I just think it's a good way to market yourself. Just to start a cult, you know what I mean? It's not really a religion. It's more of like a marketing platform. I got like all kinds of stuff on there. A live album. I got a blog. I have trivia stuff on there. I do trivia too. Yeah. Do you consider yourself the David Koresh of your cult? Uh, yeah, I'm the leader, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm not quite uh-huh. a psycho, but close. You're getting there. I- do you have uh, do you have bastard children with no? Ball? I'm trying not to have kids. That's the only difference. <laughs> Are you succeeding so far? Because Kenny yeah. failed. Oh yeah. Well, I think he might have succeeded. It depends on your intent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're acting on. I respect that. Kenny, you succeeded big time, dude. You had two. Dude, one and done. Over. Finished. Are you great- done? Got Michael Phelps for three months into newborn twins. You ask me, yeah, yes, I'm done. Maybe in two years I might change my mind. I don't know, but right now, there's no shot, dude. <laughs> Did you snip yourself? Huh? Did you snip yourself? No, not yet. Jesus, it's only been three months. <laughs> <laughs> the first week the kids are home, you're like, "Yep, this is it. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Come right. right back." Uh, all right. Well, that's this week's episode. We'll go into our interview with Cannons to end this. Uh, Dave, anything else for me? Fuck Dave. off. Dave, what are you watching on Netflix? I'm curious. I haven't decided yet. I would like, actually, this is something we need to have a discussion about briefly. Um, I started watching The Watcher, very popular show on Netflix right now. I watched one episode. It was the biggest piece of shit I've ever put on my TV screen. <laughs> You're the type of person who only gives a show one episode. It starts hot and it goes off a cliff, though. Pretty Dude, boring. It is the worst acting I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I swear to God. It's like a joke how bad it is. You're the first person to say that that I've yeah, heard. I know. I know. Well, no, I did tweet it out, and many people agreed with me on this one. I thought it was going to be one of my hot takes. Jesus has higher taste than us. Yeah, I do. That's what it is. like if Daniel Day-Lewis isn't in my Netflix TV, I don't want to watch it. No, but see, here's the thing. Like, have you guys ever seen Banshee? Yes. Uh, dude, so that show is similar. It's fucking horrific, but yeah. I could not put that show down. It was... Well, in that, isn't there? Entertaining. Yeah, isn't there boobies in that show? Oh, sh- and like the hottest tits on Earth. Yeah, so there you go. You left that part yeah, out. But, dude, Dante, you're, you're not listening to me. You're perpetuating stereotypes, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> it's a tv show about a jewish mob or an amish mobster that sounds fun and a dude who is stealing the identity of a dead sheriff in this town and they like are at a turf war with each other i'm down sounds awesome yeah i'm trying to watch the amish just go ham dude watch it and you'll be you'll be amazed at how both simultaneously bad and awesome it is can i spring a baby can i ask you a question 
Can Amish people use guns? I think it's just no electricity, right? You're allowed to use tools. It's like I, mean, I feel like they listen. I'm sure an Amish person has shot a mule in the face at least one time. Yeah, that's true. And how they put him down, you know? I can't picture an Amish person with like an AR-15. Like I feel like no. they need muskets. No, they're gonna have like one of those old like. <laughs> no, they can use rifles. Yo, Harrison Ford was in a uh, Amish movie in like the '80s where. He played an Amish guy, and they were like, they had to like, like fight off fucking intruders or some shit like that. You're, you think I'm crazy, but that movie really happened. Are you Look eating an eclair? Yeah. No, it's like a- <laughs> he's eating a, a rest stop eclair right now, dude. I <laughs> I'm I'm a big. It's a cannoli, JP Graziano. Oh, oh, there you go. I'm a big, like, when I'm on tour, going into random gas stations and buying, like, random, like, uh, eclairs and shit like that. I like that. Buy, like, random cookies and stuff like that. I'm cool with that. Uh, all right, I think we've run out of course this week. Uh, let's get the fuck out of here. Nick, thanks for coming on, buddy. You can come back on whenever you want. No problem, man. Hit me up anytime. You guys are awesome. Say less, man. Hell yeah. All right, uh, everybody go listen to Andy Frasco's World Saving Podcast with Nick Erlock. Go check out his cult. Uh, this is the interview we did with Barstool Backstage with Cannons. All right, what's up? It's Dante with Barstool Backstage here with my co-host Colin. We are at the world-famous Brooklyn Mirage again with a band I am so pumped to be interviewing. I've been looking forward to this moment for, I think, almost two years now. It is Cannons. Woo! Hey! Woo! How are you guys? Great. Thanks for having Wonderful. us. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to say where you guys hail from, but I'm not sure. Where aren't you guys from? We're from all? California. All you of guys you? grew up in California. Yeah. And then um, you're from Florida. So it's funny because we were mentioning Kenny Carkeet, who is one of our co-hosts as well, who's also a Florida to LA trans like transplant. Okay, yeah, yeah. My first question, too, because I, I think one of the big things I want to like talk about here is we talk a lot about grinder bands, bands that have put the time in. It wasn't an overnight thing. You guys are like the quintessential grinder band that put the time in and it finally happened. Like, How did you guys meet originally? Thank you. I mean, that sounds good to hear that we're a grinder band because we put in a lot of work and it's feels like it's finally been paying off. Yeah. Um, so originally, Paul and Ryan grew up together uh, on the same street. And they started playing music together when they were about how old? It was like in our early teens, nice. 12 or 13. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. when we first got instruments, at least. <laughs> were you got like all band, emo yeah. band? Um, he's got two, everything, yeah. two so, older brothers. Yeah. And I think his dad's dream was for like the Davis family to, <laughs> to be a Davis family band. <laughs> but his two other brothers can't play instruments and uh, they gave up and Paul continued So you just like filled in in the stead, right? You were the yeah. extra brother. Um, yeah. He, he is pretty much a yeah. fourth brother. <laughs> nice. Did you guys go through an emo phase? Be honest with me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I guess Coheed was a big band for me. Like, I don't know if it's yeah. emo, but I kind of do. Yeah. It's em- yeah. emo adjacent at least. Okay, no. so how did Michelle come into the picture? Um, yeah, so th- I moved to Los Angeles from Florida. I needed a change of pace, and I wanted to go somewhere new and um, exciting. But I'm or I was a very shy person, so I, it took me a long time to meet people, and um, the first place I went to was Craigslist. 
as buy we the do. band. As we do. Yeah. At the time, it was normal to <laughs> look for bandmates on Craigslist, I think. Um, so That's I made a post. Awesome. Did you have any bad <laughs> Craigslist experience? Or were these guys your first Craigslist find? They were the first uh, guys that I met up with after I made that post. Wow. So I did get a lot of emails, and I was hopeless. Like, um. <laughs> <laughs> What did you – all right, I was going to ask, but you just answered I was going to ask, did you answer a post, or did you solicit – what did you ask for? Were you like, I'm looking for backing – so I had secretly been like working on music on my own, but I hadn't, I didn't have any like completed songs that I was proud of. And I felt like I really needed to, um, I really wanted to start a band. Like I didn't want to do anything solo cause I just figured it would be really fun to, um, grow with people, right. you know? So I wanted a band and I made a post it was a picture of myself and a list of, um, other artists and bands that inspired me and that I like to listen to. And a SoundCloud link, I believe. Um, and Ryan had been searching for a couch that day. I'm just kidding. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down to be in the band, but also we can, can I robbed, live dude. with you? Yeah. So I made that post, and then if you want to take it from there. And then um, Paul and I started um, writing s a few songs, uh, <laughs> and we needed a singer because we can't sing. So I hit up Craigslist because it was a thing back in the day for artists to go on Craigslist. I didn't know about the Craigslist Killer until this one interview that we actually had. <laughs> yeah. The city of the Craigslist Killer. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. we were doing an interview, and um, I don't know if I like made a joke about it or something, but she was like, you know the Craigslist killer is from this city. And I was like, <laughs> Ooh. I didn't. I honestly did it. Yeah. You walked in like, Ooh. I'm not the Craigslist killer. Yeah. She's like, no, but for real, he's here, though. Like, yeah. be, let's be calm about this. But, um, yeah, I just I was uh, searching for, like, sometimes you just type in specific artists sure. and see if they come up. And this one artist, Trust, that I put in uh, came up, and it's a pretty obscure band, and she was into him, and I was into him, and then I found her. All right, that fascinates the hell out of me. Yeah. So you rattled off a list of, artists that you said inspired you who else i mean this is years ago who else do you remember being on that list i have no idea can you remember <laughs> come on i would, I would like, this probably is mythology. the knife oh yeah i loved the knife so i'm sure i put the knife great and, um i can't remember. taking back sunday no, thursday <laughs> not at the time that would have been my cannibal corpse, corpse. <laughs> cannibal corpse. Cannibal corpse. You know, just, it's in clown posse it's hard for me to believe this is what came out dude but no i think what's like big for me right so i am in a grinder band i am one of those musicians who's grown with the same people and i understand that process of like coming up together and fighting through the woes and all this stuff and you guys fought through it and you did he started in 2013 and then COVID happens and you have to think in your head, I know a lot of us did, like, well, fuck, I guess I have to get a job. And then Netflix comes along. Can you please explain to me the process of uh, Fire For You coming out and then a year goes by and then all of a sudden this opportunity comes along and things change? Like, what happened with that? So it was an experience that I do feel like it took a long time to set in. It felt very surreal. Um, we released Fire For You in 2019 and... Um, we had the same amount of buzz that we've had for a band that has never been able to afford to tour yep. or w and we're all working full-time jobs so you can only do so much you know what i mean um but everything shut down was it march uh march 18th i know that because i was on tour on that day and i had to go home oh, no. <laughs> 2020 wow yeah scary day oh terrible yeah day. so everything shut down and we all lost our 
full-time jobs around that time. So we were terrified to say the least, like worried about money, worried about the world, worried about health, everything. No one knew what was going on. Such a scary time. Um, and then during the height of the pandemic, it was like one of the weeks where everyone had to, everything was closed and everyone was sitting on the couch, uh, watching Netflix, the number one Netflix show, um, used fire for you and they used it at the most important part of the show and they used the whole song so it was the part where um it was never have i ever never have i ever my yeah. wife yes. loves that show really? too, so i have seen it yes <laughs> yes yes so it was the part where um uh the couple in the show finally get together and kiss and um and then right after it's like the next day our song shot up to number one on tv and song charts and then it, um, Shazam, Shazam charts, the yeah, Shazam so charts I, all dude, over the world. I read it got like 10 million Shazams off that it was pretty crazy. episode. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And then we woke up to, um, probably the next day, emails from every single record label you could <laughs> ever imagine. Yes. I love these stories. So, I mean, are you just like, is, are you like pinching yourself? Like, is this, yeah. r- is this real? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just like the thought process of like, everything's over. We don't know what's going on to yeah. people sitting in your emails. Like, this yeah. is the kind of stuff that, like, gets me up in the morning of being, like, we have so many friends from the podcast that we've talked about. From Armani White, who has, obviously, Billie Eilish, like, who's a good buddy of ours, and Joe P. And all these people who, throughout the pandemic, thought things were over. Mm-hmm. And then, out of nowhere, this happens. Like, yeah. what was the most surreal moment for you, realistically? Was it, like, signing the deal? Or was it, like, getting the emails and looking at each other and being, like, holy fuck we have our pick of the litter here like what was was there a moment i can say for me it's when we finally signed the deal with columbia um because it was quite a journey um dealing with like all the legal stuff and working everything out and we weren't sleeping at least i know paul was saying too there was was some like legal issues going on i don't want to get into that (laughs) no let's get into it (laughs) put people on blast right now it was um, yeah it was really stressful yeah it was really stressful (laughs) we had previously um to be like little vague about it we previously like signed just um, look at um, what you're signing something. look at the fine print of yeah. everything yeah. oh Wait. dude number one suggestion to all artists get a good lawyer absolutely number one, yes, dude. That's what we did. so we got really lucky we had a really great lawyer who um worked everything out for us and we were able to sign with um columbia because we were kind of trapped in a situation that we you know that's so scary that's definitely the most surreal thing for me like yeah. getting signed to columbia like you know, growing yeah. up being such a big fan of music, you always hear horror stories of big major labels yep. and shit. So I was like, "What the fuck? We're signing with Columbia, yeah. when, Dog, which has been great. It's yeah. like been really, Frank really Sinatra wonderful. and right? John Mayer. That's I think exactly Columbia, right. the building. It's just like, yes. I think it's Run. one of the oldest record labels, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Los Angeles lore though. That building that yep. sits mm-hmm. on the strip, yeah. like. It's fucking Columbia. Yeah, it's like, like we're on Beyonce's record label. Well, and so, Adele, and then well, so like answer me this, though. Like, from the perspective of being a band that did grind to get to where you have to go, and you have this song that blows up, and then there's the pressure of the label. Like, not that they're necessarily giving you pressure, but, like, you know that in the back of your head, like, I have to answer to somebody now. Like, there is somebody who I – like, was there that, though, that journey and changing? And, like, was there ever a moment where you're like, oh, fuck, we have to deliver? Like, you know what I mean? No. I can say – yeah, I can say that, like, we did meet with – a lot of labels we had a lot of zoom meetings because obviously you couldn't meet right. with people during the time but when we met with um the a and r from columbia um this woman named emmy she had been a fan of ours since uh 2014 so she had 
been she said she'd been rooting for um a spike or something to happen with canon so that she would be able to sign us so um yeah so we felt at home right away talking with her and the rest of the team and they've been so supportive in a way that um in our minds like ryan said we thought uh major uh record label would be trying to like mold you into something but um they give us the creative freedom that um i feel like is incredible and uh we're just like we want to do this we want to do this and like they've supported us to tour and you know release the music that we want to release in the way that we want to release it and um do everything that um is I don't know. It's that are I couldn't have even dreamed about. I, I always <laughs> say we get so little notes from the label. It's it's almost concerning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in sports, and they say like, if the coach isn't on you, then you're kind of worried because you're like, oh, he doesn't care. You know what I mean? No, like, that's, honestly, they just they just like they just like what we do, and they're just like, yeah, they we trust. do what you guys do. Yeah. We trust. And like, well, that's my mm-hmm. favorite thing about you guys is after obviously hearing Fire for You and you know look going on your Spotify and listening to all your stuff. It's so hard to put your sound into a box i mean you guys are part you know alternative part electronic part disco even like it has just this great sound to it i mean how would you guys categorize Uh, that sound we actually have a new way to define it oh let's go we do yeah (laughs) it's Dream music oh. for the people. Dream music Ooh. for the people. Yes. So we had um our first um interview with Greece, with Greece uh, today, and that's what the person the that interviewed. Yes. <laughs> Dude, the country hit you up. I love it. The entire the president of Greece. I love it. Hit us up. Sick, bro. But that's how they described our music this morning. I love so, it. So yeah, dream music for the people. If and I we were to, just like, we'll take it. Yeah. If I go to Greece, that is exactly the first thing I'm asking. Like, you got any dream music for the people? And they're like, fuck, you heard the cat. Dude, this shit is banging. But no, like, like I, I, me and Dante were talking about this a lot earlier, but like, it just fucking warms my heart to see a band that I know put the work in. Because you see so much shit that is Thank fly you. by night. I really appreciate that. Like, Thank this you. This is Absolutely. something that me, like, I know this guy specifically has been diehard. Like, I remember him sending me the screenshot of his dashboard in his car, being like, have you heard this shit? And we're on the group chat with all the guys in the, on the podcast, and I'm like, yes, dude, it's fire, right? What yeah. song like, was it that, uh... It was, can, it was it was fire for you. Yeah, yeah. But then after I started listening to your stuff, like I the first time I heard Bad Dream, I was like, wow, these guys aren't just one hit wonders. These guys are fucking for real. Like that song is unbelievable. Um, I mean, fast. I have a I have a I'm really curious about. So you signed the deal. Mm-hmm. You dropped your latest album was when March of this year, April, yeah. April of this mm-hmm. year. Um. Bad Dream was on there. Did you guys just have a bunch of stuff in the can that you were sitting on for years? Did you rework that stuff? Did you come up with new stuff? I mean, how did that album come about? A little of both, I would say. We had a couple songs like we were sitting on just waiting for another album or just mm. we all, we were always just working on music no matter we're not always yeah. working on an album. We're just we just work on music and see. So that's like, yes. <laughs> that's what really interests me. Like, what's your guys like workflow? Like how are you well, that's a great goddamn question yeah. i would say that at least they can't stop sending me tracks so even when i'm like <laughs> I, love it. I love it I love when that. i'm like yeah when i'm like okay like i need to take like a little mental break to fill, refill my well or something 
they'll keep sending like really awesome tracks and I can't take a break and I want to write on everything. So I'll, I mean, we'll just continue working on things that we feel inspired by until it's finished or move on to something else. Or Cherish that though, because there will be a moment at some point where you're like, I got nothing, and they're like, I got nothing, and it's like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. yeah, at this point, there's so much. Like, yeah. we have been on four tours this year yeah. since, since this time last Damn. year. And Jesus. yeah, and then all these festivals in between. And we've only had like maybe like a full like week or two at home, but we already have like 20 something songs for the next album yeah. we just released that are you recording there's, them on the I'm bus sure there's more be honest with me are you recording them on the we bus we did uh one track last tour um it's hard though it, it dude yeah because it, yeah. it's it's hard to not wake up at like two in the afternoon yeah. <laughs> on tour, is it? we're talking to road warriors here because i know this game i know yeah. dante knows this game too like i don't want to fucking wake up dude i want to sleep as long as i can before i get to the venue i know naps. that game yeah we take lots of naps well let me ask you this because i mean getting your big bump during covid it's like this thing where it's like we've worked and done these shitty tours and played all these shows. The world shuts down. Now we have our opportunity. We got to wait for the world to open back up. Has there been a moment since the world has opened back up that you guys have been on the road that you stood on the stage, looked at each other, and you were just like, "Holy fuck, we did this!" Like, like we we are really here. Like every night, yeah. every night. Dude, I would think Lollapalooza was the yeah. one. Like, oh, <laughs> so that was our first show once the world opened back up. Was Lollapalooza and. Oh. Previously, before the main, stages. The main stage, uh, yeah, yes, the on the main off, stage. Dude. I was there. I, that's my. That's where I live. I saw really? you guys. You guys crushed. Yeah, Dante was creepily on the side of the stage, just <laughs> staring like this. I, like, it. Was, <laughs> I knew he looked familiar. So, <laughs> no, you guys, no, you guys crushed. I was. I was so happy and. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, yeah. No, it that, was great. It was great seeing you guys on a on a big stage like that. Yeah, that was after playing for maybe like maybe three hundred before, before, but yeah, also COVID. not playing for like a year and a half. Dude. So we were just. <laughs> tell me that little nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah, tell me that first show back. Like no matter how many shows you played, that first show back, you're like, can I still do this? Like, I mean, yeah. what is this? I legit had a panic attack. I think. Dude. <laughs> <me too. laughs> All right. So I'll tell you this on the podcast. We talked about this. Our first big headline back for my band. We we like. I knew it was sold out, but I still had recurring dreams where every night I would wake up and it would be me on stage by myself, and the promoter behind me going, "Where is everybody?" I legit was having reoccurring <laughs> panic attack dreams of being like, nobody's going to show up, dude. On uh, the flight to Chicago, I was like, so in my head, I was like, what are the first chords to our song, Baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I honestly don't know. <sighs> I really couldn't. Yeah, I had a nightmare before Lollapalooza that I was, I went on stage and then I like got stuck to the stage. I couldn't get up. Like I was just like laying on the I'm not ground. crazy. I fucking so. told you I wasn't crazy, dude. <laughs> but once we got out there, um... I, this weird thing happened and all of my like nerves and fears went away. Cause it was like, Oh, well I already, I'm already up here. And it yep. kind of felt like after you just jumped off a cliff or whatever, um, when you just like accept it and you go with it. Yeah. So it's like jumping I, out of an airplane. I get nervous yeah. every night still. It's not until like the third or fourth song. I'm like, okay, this is, this is fine. Yeah. Fucking relax. <laughs> That's yeah. good though. Yeah. That means you're, yeah. you're in, you're feeling it. Yeah. You it means know, you care. You're in the moment. Yeah. yeah. What I'm, is, uh, what do your guys' families think about everything? Super proud. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, my, dad, they like... my dad's super supportive. He drives us all to the airport. Picks <laughs> <Every laughs> <night. laughs> us up at the airport. <laughs> and my mom is like a super fan. Um, she, when we played in Florida, she baked the guys a bunch of pies. Nice. Banana yes. cream. Yeah. Um, right? She's a super fan. She's nice. in the front row. And she's like, I'm the mom. I, <laughs> I think that. my I think my mom's side of the family might think we're like 
more like rock star than we actually oh, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, get me tickets to this I can't and that. And you like, made it. It's like, oh well, you know. <laughs> I can pay my rent now. That's yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest part of the game, isn't it? One hundred percent. That's yeah. awesome. 100%. I feel bad we t- we took up so much of your guys' time. You got to go on. But blessed. one no, thing that a lot of artists we interview. Uh, we like to ask because people out there that watch and listen love to learn, um, especially, you know, a group like you guys who, you know, Colin said, who works so hard to get where you guys are. And not that you guys are anywhere near, you know, the levels you're going to reach. But if you could give either yourselves, you know, 10 years ago, some advice or that group that was where you guys were before your break what would it be i would say um to trust your gut and just continue to um yeah trust that feeling inside of you that what you're doing is coming from the right place and that you love what you're doing um and that's all if you love what you're doing yeah yeah. that's all that fucking matters because like make music that you you would listen to yourself you know yeah. what I mean? Like that you would go to a store and like I would pick that up and shelf, you know? <laughs> that's all we've ever done and continue to do. And I feel like that's been, that's worked out for us. So, <laughs> I mean, realistically, like this was everything I wanted it to be and more because I, like I said, this is not just like lip service. This is me and Dante both are big fans. So this has been fucking awesome. Uh, you hit tonight in Brooklyn. Where are you at after this? Uh, we're in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set. Union transfer? Union transfer? Union, union transfer. transfer. Yeah. Union sta- uh, union, I've done the union stage in D.C. Great venue, by the way. Yeah. Oh, we Hell did yeah. That, we did that too, actually. I think we did. Not yeah. just, we did 930 Club this time around, but I think we did union stage. How was 930? Really cool. It was yeah, it was great. great. Yeah. Legendary yeah. spot, dude. We sold it out. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, stunt a little bit, dude. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this was awesome, guys. Hopefully, we see you guys again in a few years when you're, you know, headlining your own tour doing massive arenas uh which i can definitely see keep up the great work i'm so happy for you guys thank you so much thank you appreciate it everyone go check out cannons do it new album (laughs) tour all that shit guys it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much thank you very much